Our Father in heaven, we are grateful that you gave us your word. This afternoon, in a short period of time, we will discuss and we will see why meditation of your word is so important and how to do it is more important as far as our daily walk with you is concerned. So we ask that your Holy Spirit be within us and amongst us, so that it will enlighten our ears and eyes and our thoughts, so that we can understand this subject better, so that it will improve our Christian walk in every day. So we can better prepare your soon coming. And we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this series, uh, the theme is from Matthew 24. What's the verse? Somebody read. Anybody? Loud and clear. Somebody. 14. And what? And what gospel? This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in what? In Michigan only, right? In all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. Amen. So as a witness, witness, what is witness? Witness is somebody who sold some things or somebody who can really represent that incidence or that person. Here is the word In Christ Object Lesson, page 69, it says, When the character of Christ is what? Correctly reproduced in his people, then the Christ will come to get his people to him. So there are two things. Matthew 24, 14, it says, The Gospel, this gospel, which is for us, this gospel is the three angels' messages. That gospel has to be reached all over the world. As a witness, witness has to have a character of Jesus Christ. And that's where Christ's object lesson, page 69, comes, when the character of Jesus Christ is correctly reproduced in his people. Are we his people? Yes or no? Do you remember Desire of Ages, page 83? If I read the first sentence, I, I think you can, you can quote it. It would be well for us to spend a thoughtful hour once a week each day, you got it, in contemplation of the life of Donald Trump? 
we should take it point by point and let the what? Imagination grasp each sin. This is a very important point that she's making. Imagination, the holy imagination grasp each sin, especially the closing one. So we need to contemplate. Why do we need to contemplate the life of Jesus Christ? When we do that, what? We become like him. So that is important. There is a chair. So meditate is very important. I made uh, 40 copies. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 20, 30. Okay. This is 40, maybe about 30 more. Front and back. So I need the volunteers to hand out this. When you hear the word meditate, what do you, what uh, thoughts come to your mind? Meditate. Hmm? Okay. It's like a ponder. You park your thoughts in one place and think about it. Think about it. Meditate. Remember, are you married? When you are coding your future wife tree, and you contemplate, you think about her all the time. No Bible study that time, right? You just think about her all the time. That's what meditate. We need to think about it all the time. And that's what meditate brings. So, those of you who have handouts, how many of you are missing? You don't have, wow, okay. It's coming. So, it says meditate implies a definite focusing of one's thought on something as to understand in what? Deeply. I used uh, to explain as a uh, meditate word also comes from regurgitate. You know what regurgitate is. Those of you who are living in the plain field of Michigan, that you see these uh, cows, they regurgitate. And during the day, they they go around and they eat whatever they can, all the grasses, and then in the cool of the day, they kneel yeah, around under the tree. Those of you who do not have a hands up, please raise your hand. Then how many chambers does a cow's stomach has? Four. Okay. So they go in and then they bring it back and bring it. So we memorize the scriptures. We have a couple of memorizing scripture sessions going here. And then you memorize and you keep reading and you memorize, then what? 
and then you bring it back and you meditate upon the word of God. Thank you so much. And there is an importance of uh, this meditation in the uh, in the Bible. There are many uh, words, many places. It says that. Uh, The first one is says, what? I will meditate, it's in Psalm 119. Psalm 119, 15 has several of them. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy words. It's all about the scriptures, 119 is everything. It's each word has a, a statutes, laws, ways. And different words, the words, and it has that. But there are a couple of verses that do not have those words in it. It's emphasizing the word meditate. Princess also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. I will. And messages to young people. If the youth, all of your youth, young in heart, will draw from the storehouse of the Bible the treasures it contains, if, there's a big if, if they will, in other words, if we will, meditate on the pardon, peace, an everlasting righteousness that crown a life of self-denial. Now, emphasis is what? Self-denial. Jesus says what? If you want to follow me, deny yourself once a week. Daily. So deny ourselves is very important. Self-sacrifice. So pride and self-sacrifice, if we take care of that, we have a peace in our Self-denial. Should I take one more piece of cake? No, no. Self-denial. When the words coming to me, accusations coming to me, and should I answer back with the same time? Or, so we have to think about if you contemplate life of Jesus Christ, if especially when he was going through the last court of Caiaphas and Pilate and Herod and all kinds of criticism and accusations and verbally physical abuse, what did he say? He doesn't say anything. He called instead of what, 10,000 angels, right? And he didn't go there. He just stayed calm. Self-denial, they will have no desire for questionable excitement of amusement. If we do that, and we would not spend so much time on the texting, 
Twittering and Facebook, all those social media. It is important, but we need to use it control, fashion for his glory. I'll read one more paragraph and then we'll go into it. We wish to repeat over and over and again until it is indeliably imprinted upon the heart. The blessed invitation, abide in me. Now this whole paragraph is about abide in me. We read the word and the enlightenment, thus says the Lord, meditate upon it. Meditate, abide in me. What does it mean? How does it mean? When he said it in that context in John 15. What does it mean? And think about it and read the whole paragraph before and after. And meditate upon it. Pray. Say, Lord, I don't understand this. What is it? Now this is written over 2,000 years ago. You said it. Oh, but what it means to me now? You are coming back very soon. The world is going crazy. Abide in me. What does it mean? To me, now. I'm living now. Tomorrow is questionable. Yesterday is over the world. Past. Now. Today. Right now. Pray until the lesson and meaning of abiding in is fully learned, accompanied with its claims and its promises. The Holy Spirit, Christ's representative, John 14, 26, I'll send another comfort. I'm leaving, but don't worry, I'll send another comfort. The Holy Spirit is coming now in our world to bring all things to our remembrance. For us to remember, we need to put something in. So daily Bible study is important. We need to put something in. So the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance. Nothing goes in, nothing comes in. That his claim shall not be forgotten or neglected. Read the word and pray. What? Read the word and pray. Word and pray. God's word and pray. It's like a two-edged sword. Meditate on the scriptures until the understanding, the gate to the door, to the heart is open to comprehend its requirements and our dependence. Our dependence. The whole Bible is come to conclusion is that we are nothing and he is everything. The sooner I tell the students when they come refreshment, the sooner you understand you are nobody, you are nothing, you are dirt. And Christ is everything. Then your Christian walk, your life in heartland will be much easier. Same in our Christian walk. If we believe, come to the point that our dependence on Christ is everything, then whatever comes to our way, Lord, I don't know anything. I'm your child. I surrender all. You take care of it. Peace. Those who will wait to hear the Spirit says unto them, you shall not hear in vain. Fix the eyes upon Christ alone in quiet, waiting upon him to hear his voice saying, Abide in me and I in you. 
for us to abide in him and easy and abide in him in me much more difficult because Christ would not coexist with anything or anybody. So we need to be completely empty. So that way Christ lives in us. Let's say this is us. Cylinder. And then Christ and the or people on which we keep. And Christ is going to use us and show us. If in our heart there is a jealousy, envy, hatred, selfishness, then there's a bump in that pipe. And then Christ's love will go through here, come out distorted. Wrong gospel is going to come through us. So we need to get rid of whatever is in our heart. Meditation and applying it to ourselves. Lord, somehow I have this envy, covetousness in my heart, or hatred. Whenever I see this person, so comfortable. So we need to take care of them. What are we going to do if we all make it to the heaven? And when you're walking on the street of a golden street, and then there's that person coming. What are we going to? Are you going to turn around and go this way? You cannot do that. So we need to take care of that. Now, now is the time of salvation. So let's go to how to meditate. This is a how-to session. Personalize the passage. Reply, replace what? Pronounce or people in the verse with your own name. Turn the scripture into first-person prayer back to God. Personalized by putting it in the person using I, me, and mine. Colossians 3.16. I should have asked you this one. Brother George, yeah. This one is only uh, 40 copies. Mm-hmm. 30 more, 30 more. So once we... Everybody gets it, the world gets there. So Colossians 3.16 says what? Let the word of Christ dwell in, it says what? Dwell in you, richly in all wisdom and understanding. What it says is that change the you and me. Let the word of Christ dwell in me. So it becomes personal, very personal. Let's practice that. The well-known verse, Matthew 6.33. Seek ye, seek ye, ye, plural. So instead of uh, e, I should say, I will seek. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So picture the passage. And you can go to the uh, next class in 144, how to picture 
picturize your scriptures and memorize, and which is very good. Those who are uh, more artistic, it's more beneficial advantage. But even even if you're not, I think you can do this. Picture the passage. Thank you. Anybody who needs this uh, song? So next one has the uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you. So word of Christ, you picture it and dwell in me. You can uh, picture your heart and the word of Christ in me. So uh, one way of uh, Memorizing scripture, also meditating on scripture is uh, by singing. Everybody got the song sheets? You didn't get your own. Brother George? So how many of you are musicians? No. Okay. It goes like this. How many of you know this song? Good. Okay, we can all sing together. One, two, three. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, richly in all wisdom. Repeat. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts. Repeat, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts. To the Lord. This is beautiful thing. Colossians 3.16 uh, When Pastor Derek Morris was in the Forest Lake Church in Florida, that's when his wife composed this one. Now he's the uh, Hope Channel president. And uh, he was a ministry magazine editor as well. So he's very... Uh, High on the scripture. In my late years, uh, this one works very well. Even though I'm not a first singer, my two children, they went to Adventist Academy and they learned the scripture song in their academy years. So when I, I teach a scripture song once a quarter in the Sabbath school, between this, at the end of the Sabbath school, lesson and then before the worship service there's a few minutes and I teach this and the benefit is uh, not only for the congregation but for me so for me to lead the scripture song from the scratch I have to sing more than 100 times even then sometimes I didn't get the first note right I get the high so my children says it 
You teach him scripture song? Are you sure? How do you get the first team? First note. So picture the passage. And the Colossians 3.16, if you keep singing this one, those are of your leadership. And also this one is available in the uh, uh, YouTube. You can type in this uh, scripture song. It will come with the whole music. Let's practice on the third one. Pronounce the passage. Say the verse aloud each time, emphasizing different words, focusing one verse at a time, quote it to the Lord, and pondering each word with each recitation of verse, emphasize a different word. You get the picture, what it means. For God so loved. So that means you have to read the preceding verses. This is this is this. For. So we need to read before. The next one. For God. What kind of God? So we need to linger there for. We can spend days. What kind of God? He's amazing God. Awesome God. The faithful God. Caring God. Powerful God. He's everywhere. Omnipresence. Merciful God. Just God. And you can study the character of God. As you can praise Him. For God. That kind of God. It's not so long. So long. So loved. You loved your date so much. You decide to propose him. For God so loved. So when you are asked to read the scriptures during the worship or service or any other time, when you read it, Read with the passion, with the meaning. And to do that, when they are asked to read the scriptures, especially during the worship hours, you get the text ahead of time, you read it many times, and you pray. But when you read in front of the congregation, then that passage come alive. Because you have prayed. You ask for Holy Spirit's moving in your heart. That your impressions and your your movement by the Holy Spirit will be carried to the congregation. And they will understand this passage just before the speaker, the preacher speaks. Whether that Word is the beginning scripture or main scripture or not. And the importance of a scripture readers, I cannot emphasize enough. Up until a few hundred years ago, that scripture reading is, was very important. They had to have a training class. It is uh, everybody get up without even thinking much. Most people get up and So, so reading that, but if you are trained, if you train yourself reading this way as a part of a meditation process, 
For God so loved, not condemned, those preceding scriptures, uh, not condemned, the love, not to judge, not any, anything else, love, but love so you can study the first Corinthians 13. Love, charity, so Jesus suffered love. So you have to think about what this love brings you. And the, the world, not any world, there may be a countless number of worlds in the universe. Remember in the book of Job, all those sons of representatives from different places came? But this one, the world. So when we emphasize each word, the different thoughts come to our mind. So it becomes rich. There's one preacher that he preached on John 3.16 for a whole year, every Sunday. Can we do that? For God so loved the world, this world. Right now, this world is in the of disastrous end. If Jesus does not come, this world, right now, the place where you and I live. For God, 2,000 years is nothing. It's the same. For Him, everything is present. And He sees that time. Well, in this year, we don't have high mountains, but those of you who went to mountain, Rockies, you go to the high mountain, you look at the mountains, and you see the peak after peak after peak. And from this vintage point, everything looks about distance from one peak to other is about the same. It's not much different. But when you get to near, the hours and days of time, God sees this world and He saw it 2,000 years. So this world, Jesus. So whatever the passage that you like to meditate, we need to break it down. Let's go to Matthew 5.44. We are just practicing this, emphasizing each word. Matthew 5.44, it says what? First word is but. Oh, but. But. Then I have to read the previous one. Verse 43. It says, Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That's what you heard. But. It is a but. I say unto you, I. Who is I? Jesus. Well, we can linger there for a while. Jesus. That Jesus, towards the middle part of the thought from the mount, 
when he was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, that he prepared almost three years, almost all his life, before he, this is the beginning of his ministry, he was preparing for this sermon. Blessed are, that's how it starts. And then it comes to this section, you see. I say unto you, I, who came from heaven, my Father, so loved the world, and he sent me. The time of Nicodemus, John chapter 2, and this one is about a one year period. So this Jesus is, I'm telling you, You, all of you, you are, you are here to listen to the gospel. You. So what, what should we change to? Me. Jesus is talking to me. And says what? Love, it's a good word, love your enemy. Hold, Lord, my enemy. <laughs> Jesus is telling me, I should love my enemy. It's an enemy. It's already enemy. You see the enemy. How can I love enemy? That's why you need me. You cannot do it, but through me, you can do it. Because you are not alive. You are dead. Okay, everybody quote Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but who lives, Christ loveth, liveth in me. I'm supposed to be dead. Dead person hate, cannot hate. But scripture says that person cannot pray. But at the same time, that person cannot love or hate. So if somebody hurt me, I shouldn't do anything because I'm dead. There's a dead corpse lying in the casket. And I go there and I hit him in this dead corpse. Sprang up and hit me back. And that is... Not dead, right? Yeah. But in the morning, with devotion time, he said, Lord, I surrender. You live in me throughout this. Your will will be done. His will is what? Love your enemy. And somebody says something. Ooh. Oh, calm down. I'm supposed to be dead. Love your enemy. Until you get hold of this, until you practice this automatically. The Pastor Slager said this martial arts people, they practice their martial arts until when somebody attacks us and they reflex, they don't think. The reflex, they defend themselves. 
So that's what we should do. When somebody says some bad words, wrongful accusations to us, instead of saying some bad words, saying which automatically Brother, what can I do for you? Brother, what should I do for you to calm your hatred or your anger to I don't know what I did wrong. Please help me to remember. Automatically. That's what we need to do. Remember Jesus in the court of time when they accused him falsely. So automatically he was caught. Because that is all his life. If we do that all the time, and something happens to us, that decree comes, boom! Go by, no cell. Okay. Christ will be there. Only thing they could do is change. The next time I'm awake, I'm with the Lord. Love your enemy. This is very important. Bless them that curse you. It's going to happen very soon. We need to practice this now. Do good to them that hate you. I cannot do this. You're right. I cannot do it. Depending on me. Surrender to me. Ask my heart. Total dependence on God. We read it in the quotation. When we realize the dependence on us, then it will happen. Housekeeping, sign your name, pass around. <clears throat> so, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I have an experience years ago when I was a youth leader. And this uh, elder of the church, when he did something very uh, unchristian-like things in the church, the church is the focal point of splitting the church, and I didn't like that. So whenever I see him, I have this. But then I was reading this. Bless them that. So begin to pray. I cannot do this. You know I cannot do this. Bless his business. Bless his family. Bless him. And because the church was split, I haven't seen him for a while. And six months later, there was an all church uh, function together. I saw him and nothing here. Wow, praise the Lord. So when you have, uh, probably most of you do not uh, hate 
somebody, but it's not comfortable. It's a limitation. It's not really at peace. Then start what? Pain for that. Bless his or her family. Bless their children. And bless his business and his professional career. Whatever it may be pertinent to that person. Bless. It's the word of Jesus. So what? It will work. And we need to do that. And we will be persecuted. We will be hated. And, oh, you go to church on Saturday? Go to this one. We need to pray for that. So if we practice now, it will be automatic. It will be automatic. The next one, it says what? Question the passage by asking who, what, why, where, when, and how over the single verse. The Holy Spirit can speak to us through the written word because the Holy Spirit is the author of the word. So we'll get into this one a little bit more in the devotional Bible study. That, you remember when you were younger, you asked all kinds of things? Anything. It's just, why is that? Why is this? Why is this? And when we get older, we become more dignified. <laughs> we stop asking questions. But in the Bible study, you need to ask questions. The more you ask, the better Bible students you become. Some of you already know these kind of things, but this is repeat. This is the systematic way of teaching others. When the when you give a Bible study, they become coming to your church. You need to start training them. Okay, this is how you meditate on the Word of God. This is how to memorize. This is how to pray, and this is how to study the Bible. When I came to uh, Seventh-day Adventism, the, in the pulpit I hear, you need to study the Bible, you need to memorize the scriptures, you need to witness. But I didn't hear anything about how. That's why how, how I became majored in how. How? How? <laughs> how to meditate, how to memorize the scriptures, and how to the devotion. Devotional Bible study is important. I don't know how to do it. So this passage we just looked at, and this is in the context of the Sermon on the Mount. And why did he do it? Because this is the launching point of Jesus' public ministry. His earthly ministry. And you can ponder why did he say, especially this passage? Was he looking down the line 2,000 years later, but this time? Why is he saying that? But he was, this passage is also important for the people at that time because they were 
কোন বিশৃম but they always reflected the character of Jesus because they loved their enemy. They loved their enemy because they looked at each one of their enemy as a lost soul. Just like Jesus Christ. Jesus said what? On the cross, Lord, Father, forgive me. How can you do that? Because he came to this world to save every single one of them. So if we look at from the eyes of Jesus, we can do that. He hates me because he doesn't know me. He doesn't know the love of Jesus Christ. With that, Lord, impress, move his heart, shake his Holy Spirit, do something in his heart so he can realize there is a Savior who can take away his sin. So that's what we need. We have to look at each passage this as just like a reporter. reporter. Who, when, where, why, how, those questions asked. Those questions. Where does this one happen? This one happen in Edmond, Michigan? Or is it happen in Alabama? Where did it happen? Is it in Jerusalem? Or just outside of Jerusalem? Is it on the road? Or on the boat? Or is it in the temple court? Why was he there in the temple? What was he doing? What is this guy doing? So think about those circumstances. Holy imagination. Let the imagination grasp. So you imagine you are there. Because you are right there. You are amongst those spectators. The seeing thick and cloud is gathering is getting dark. And you can smell this very thing that those killed and forgotten. And people are there, some crowd. Some are children and the noise and that. I wonder what would I be thinking? Just a few days ago, I was there, Hosanna, Hosanna. And just hours ago, 
Pray the passage. We will go over this one on the last day, pray, Friday. Pray the passage. Turn the verse into prayer. Say it back to God. For instance, think about it. How I would pray this uh, Matthew 5.44 that I say unto love your enemies. Let's think about it. How, how can I pray this? For example, let me linger another minute so you get time to think. Think. Think about it. How should I pray this passage? I would pray this way. What Lord, you say love your enemies. I don't have enemies, but there are enemies that I may not know. But you say love your enemies. So help me to love my enemies that I don't know. Give me the example. Lead me to the passages in the Bible that the Bible characters love their enemies. Another point to the most of the time to do this. And how did they do that? Help me to understand how Jesus do this. And Jesus is always doing whose will. God's will. And when he was baptized, the coming up, so this is my son. I'm pleased. So where is his will? Right here. We need to study the word of God. His will. It's all connected. All connected. So pray that way. And bless them that curse you. I don't know anybody who is cursing me, but if there are, Lord, give me the desire to bless them. That's the key. Give me the desire. I don't even want to do that. I don't want to bless this guy or this person. I don't want to do that. I hate that person from the innermost part of my heart. But you said it. Bless them. So, create in me a new heart. New heart. Just give me a heart transplant. Give me a new heart. Here's a good passage. Ezekiel 36, you know that one very well. 36, 26, right? And God says, he's promising. And new heart also will I give you. I'll give it to you. 
I'll give it to you. And most of the times, most people say, no, I don't want a new heart. I want to continue to hate the person for the rest of my life. I don't want a new heart. I'll give it to you. No, no, no. no. Who knows the scripture song for this one? Raise your hand. On you, heart, also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart I love you for, and I will give you the heart of love. So you claim this promise. You said here, Augustine's mom says, here, you promise you're going to give me a new heart. You give me a new heart so that I can love this person. So I can love this person, bless that person. Unless we have a new heart, it's not possible. So realizing that is one of the key milestones. Realizing I can do this, I can do this. No, I cannot do it. When we know that I cannot do it, and says, that's what David says, creating your new Think about all those times where he was agonized. And he had so many points that he can repent, and he just ignores all those points. Including the murder, and even after the whole year, until Nathan came to him, you're the one. Then, he said, I give it. Creating me. So look at the promise. You study the Bible. And if you are in a hurry, get the promise book. You can get any bookstore, any version you like. And then if you have a problem with the appetite, please replace my motive with your motive. Your motive. Our mind is not good. Jeremiah 17, 9 says what? The heart is above and desperately and who can know it? Who can know it, including ourselves? I don't know my heart sometimes. I say some things, Yes. Did I say that? Why did I say that? I don't think we don't know. So at the time of a confession of your recalling your last 24 hours, and we don't know, is uh, I'm at the age that uh, 
When I go to kitchen, I stop there and says, "Why did I come here?" But I'm not there yet when the person goes in the middle of the stairs and they stop there. Am I going up or down? I'm not there yet. I hope I'm not. I'm not going to be there. So you do not remember what you did wrong. So that's why we need to have that prayer. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. What is it? Search me, O God. So let's sing together. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my foes. And see if there be any wicked way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. We need to meditate on the scriptures in indeed. So read the rest of the material and those of you who can come back tomorrow will start talking about different types of prayer. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are so thankful that you gave us the clue how we can meditate upon your word so that it becomes alive in our lives so it will make our Christian work more vibrant and more living so we can be more like you. Bless all of your saints in this room and for the rest of the day. So whatever they learn will be fully Blessing to their future Christian. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.